Welcome to the Sean Morgan Report. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. We're here changing from 6 to 5 p.m. Eastern every week on Friday on AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. That's the Patriot-only super channel. Check out all the shows on American Media Periscope to get the patriotic, Trump-supporting, truth-seeking type of content. And uh, today we have a great show. Half of the show is going to be talking about the financial stuff that's going on, which is crazy with Bitcoin crashing, the housing market crashing uh, with gold and silver holding their own and rising. So it's going to be really interesting to talk about that. And then I'm going to talk to my co-host, Jim, about all the dominoes that are falling with the audits, about how Fauci and Bill Gates are falling from grace and what this means for the strategies of the White Hats versus the deep states. So Let's hear a word from our sponsor now. It's going to be really, really important to pay attention to silver and gold in this episode. So let's hear from Sovereign Advisors. Gold is near all-time highs. Has it reached its peak? Did you miss the boat? No, I don't think so. The exploding debt, change in the interest rate cycle, political and economic turmoil have caused the current move in gold. And those things are getting worse. In fact, Citibank projected gold to hit $3,000 an ounce over the next 12 to 18 months. I encourage you to protect and grow your investment portfolio with gold. I trust Dr. Kirk Elliott with Sovereign Advisors. With over 25 years of experience and two PhDs, Kirk Elliott is the best of the best in the industry. Call his office at 720-605-3900 and tell him Sean Morgan sent you, or just click on the link in the description to get that free consultation. All right, so let's get into the Sean Morgan Report. It's going to be a great show. Let's take a look at the first visual of what's going on in the housing market. You know, in uh, April, we had a horrible housing month. It was down 9.5%. You know, March was down, but that was seasonal. But So we were really paying attention to what would happen in April because the housing market has been super hot. But, you know, the price of copper and lumber has been through the roof and we're watching the housing market to see what would happen. And sure enough, even though those mortgage rates are really low, people are deciding not to build houses because of the increasing cost of building. And this is just another example of how the Biden administration has fumbled the economy and it could portend uh, future problems with this very delicate uh, economic recovery. So, you know. A lot of things are happening uh, in the economy. And let's take a look at the next visual for what's going on with Tesla. Okay, so Tesla is one of those stocks that rose, you know, 500 in the last uh, 2020 period, fiscal period. But in 2021, you know, Tesla's had a hard time. And that's because its valuation is just insane, you know. Um, and, and a lot of young people are betting big on the speculative stocks they're investing in the ARK Innovation Fund, which has invested heavily in Tesla. And uh, and it's just a bad bet because uh, there's just no way that Tesla can manufacture enough cars uh, to make the types of profits that would be justified by their stock valuation price. So that visual showed you that the very... Uh, amazing investor who predicted the housing mortgage crisis back in 2008, Michael Burry, he was, 
he was, you know, his character was the star of the movie, the big short. And this guy's making a new big short. He's betting $530 million that Tesla will go down this month. So he is really uh, putting his money where his mouth is by talking about what's going on, not just with Tesla, but with the economy at large. He has been talking about how America is in danger of hyperinflation. And this is not just a nobody. This is a guy that predicted uh, to a T and profited and made a fortune off of predicting the mortgage crisis. So this guy, we need to pay attention to what he's doing. If you're a Tesla stockholder, uh, I'd be very careful right now. And we're going to talk about Elon Musk and Tesla. Uh, but before that, I just want to talk about the next visual, which is what's going on with precious metals. So, you know, in this type of environment where things are crashing, you know, the housing market's crashing, Tesla might crash, it might signal a stock crash. Uh, you know, you've got uh, inflation at all time highs. You've got the price of a lot of commodities inflated, like we talked about with copper and lumber. So of course, this should mean that gold and silver rise in value, which is finally happening, even though the price has been, been manipulated and tamped down. Sure enough, they can't manipulate it forever. And gold and silver for the last two months have been slightly going up. So you probably are sleeping well at night if you have those investments in silver and gold. And if you have a lot of crypto investments, uh, it's probably hard for you to sleep at night. We, we experienced a, a, an incredible crash in crypto this past week. And let's talk about that. Let's look at how Tesla and Elon Musk actually purchased Bitcoin um, just a couple of months. They bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. It skyrocketed in value. They made more money off of Bitcoin than they ever made off of selling cars. And then, and, and, and let's pay attention also, it wasn't just Tesla, you know, which is a huge company, Fortune 500 company. It was also Square. And, you know, let's take a look at that visual, how Square was buying Bitcoin at the same time. This is unprecedented for these Fortune 500 companies to put Bitcoin on their balance sheets. So Square is a payment company. The founder is the same founder of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. And so you have these kind of innovative billionaire moguls kind of setting the tone and saying, hey, Bitcoin is the new trendy thing to do. Everyone in corporate America should follow and do what we do and inflate the price of Bitcoin. But then all of a sudden, they did a reverse. Both Tesla and Square decided to stop with their whole Bitcoin pump pumping and start doing Bitcoin dumping. So let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at how Tesla reverse course and says now not going to accept a Bitcoin for car purchases anymore because Bitcoin's not environmentally friendly. It wastes too much energy. Well, that's a kind of a stupid thing for a guy to say who invested billions of dollars in Bitcoin. Uh, what's he trying to do? Just make the value of his own investment go down? Well, let's take a look at what Square said at the same time. So Square is that other company that seems to be coordinating with Tesla. That other billionaire seems to be coordinating with Elon Musk. And they said they're not going to make any more Bitcoin purchases because of ecological reasons. Now, they have the same information now about Bitcoin and the environment and the energy use that they had three months ago when they started going on this Bitcoin pumping scheme. Uh, so it makes no sense unless they're actually doing market manipulation. And let's take a look at the next 
visual that shows that um, an on-chain researcher is showing that Elon Musk made this statement. Let's scroll down a little bit. Let's go down to, um, yeah, this one right here. Elon, Elon's tweet regarding the energy use of Bitcoin at 6.06 p.m. Eastern initiated a cascade of long liquidations, including $208 million within a 10-minute period. This cascade of liquidations is why the price dumped down to $46,000 was so aggressive. It's very interesting, let's scroll down a little bit, to see inflows to exchanges, presumed selling, spike in the time before the tweet. So a whole bunch of people that knew that Elon Musk was going to make this tweet pumped their money into the exchanges so that they could sell at the exact moment that he made the tweet. Well, this data makes a strong case for someone having insider information and would be quite a coincidence to say the least. So let's uh, take that visual down. So my analysis is that Elon Musk, in coordination with Jack Dorsey of Twitter and Square, these two billionaires who are whales and own billions of dollars collectively of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are timing their statements on Twitter that they know is going to have an effect on the cryptocurrency market. And they are letting their proxies, other people that they want to benefit from this and perhaps people that have control over their own funds to buy and sell Bitcoin and other cryptos whenever they want to, whenever they say something bad about how Bitcoin is ecologically unfriendly, well, then they tell their proxies to, to sell, you know, and when it, when it bottoms out, they tell their proxies to buy and then they make a positive statement and then all of a sudden the price pumps. So it's a pump and dump scheme. And that's why it's so scary to be a part of this market when you know it's being manipulated so much. Uh, so, you know, make sure you're taking all the precautions, diversifying your investments and not taking too much risk. Uh, so now we're going to bring on our co-host, Jim Cutler, and we're going to start digging into what's going on politically. And let's let's just say hello to Jim. How's it going on the sailboat, Jim? Hi, Sean. Really good. Weather here is beautiful. I'm just waiting for my quote-unquote weather window, which I need to have um, some southern winds to get out and into the Gulf Stream and start heading north. So sometimes you got to be patient and wait for that weather to happen, and which is what I'm doing now. But again, Beaufort is a beautiful town. They're getting ready for a very, very big fishing contest down here called Big Rock. And so all these really big boats are starting to come in, the big 100 and 200 foot yachts and uh, all the big sport fishers and whatnot. So uh, uh Exciting time for them. I'm not a big sport fisher, so it's um, not a big deal for me. But uh, I do love seeing some of the big, beautiful boats come in. So that's nice. Living the relaxing retirement life. But in your free time, you are really paying attention to the indicators in the breaking news and doing the research. And uh, so I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, and while I'm asking you, let's just put a visual on the screen about uh, Fauci, the New York Post article about how he admits COVID-19 could have come from a Wuhan lab. Um, and I'm going to ask you some questions. But we've had, you know, the governor of California and the governor of New York kind of in a, a slow decline. These are two leaders of the deep state. And now we have Fauci and Bill Gates kind of having this uh, coordinated uh, decline in public favor and in the mainstream media. So. 
and this whole thing with Fauci and Rand Paul, I want to get your take on that along with the whole masks coming off at the same time. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Jim? Well, it's, it's, um, I find it always very, very curious and interesting when um, things happen in a, coincident, uh, in a coincidental manner. And with regard to everything that's occurring now that uh, in the government, uh, versus what has been put into motion, if you will, by the Trump administration. Now, um, many of us, you and I, who have uh, paid very close attention to the, uh, the plan that uh, was put in place and the information that has come through the Q group uh, and the behavior of people, in particular, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, Fauci, Bill Gates, all of these people have a relationship. They all are working together and they have been doing so for many years. But now certain things have suddenly happened and seemingly all at the same time. You have Jeff Bezos getting divorced from his wife. You have Bill Gates getting divorced from his wife. And you have um, these. Um, laws that have been put in place by Trump that um, impact directly some of these people. Uh, for instance, the, the 2017 law uh, uh, that talks about taking assets from people who are involved in child trafficking and things like that. Well, people like Bill Gates are at the dead center of that target. So clearly they have a vested interest in protecting their assets against forfeiture should they become embroiled in any of those human trafficking uh, people or citizens. Clearly, Jeffrey Epstein is one of those people. And clearly, Bill Gates has been involved with Jeffrey Epstein. So, so let's, bring, uh, let's bring the visual like, okay, uh, been- from Vice Media on the screen so, so people can can realize how this is being put out into the public consciousness right now, that connection between Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. So even, right. even the mainstream media people who are, you know, definitely deep state like Vice Media and CNN, they're putting this stuff out there. So it makes you wonder, Jim, are they trying to get ahead of a story that's coming out? Or are they being, do the White Hats have their assets within these organizations that are being activated at this time? Well, this is the thing, and, and um, you know, there's a lot of speculation kind of going all over the place, but it's, it's important um, to um, keep in mind, keep in the back of your mind as you're watching all of this unfold, who's really been ahead of it? Has it been the, the deep state media or has it been Trump and the White Hats? And there's a lot of to say that everybody's doing their part to try to stay ahead of the game. But who's really ahead of the game? And this is where some of these um, backstories come in, where people are, are acting in ways that clearly demonstrate that they are being driven by certain factors. And those factors have a lot to do with the um, things that, that Trump and his administration and the White Hats have done to force the hands of some of these people. And now, as you're seeing the situation where Trump is, 
you know, quote unquote, out of office, and everybody believes that he's no longer a factor involved in the current politics, then it's like, okay, then why are they doing it that way? Why are they making these decisions now if Trump is no longer a factor? And and so these are the the juxtapositions that we look at to try to determine who really is in charge. And uh, when you see people like um, Bill uh, by uh, Fauci, for example, who is uh, really in the height now in um, in Congress with uh, people like Congressman Rand Paul, just grilling him and really putting it to him uh, as to uh, what is really going on with the Wuhan lab? Why are all these stories coming out suddenly? And again, coincidentally, that his group, NIH, has been funding directly and through um, intermediaries like at Harvard University to continue what is called gain-of-function research at Wuhan when it was outlawed in the United States. And you can see him visibly shaking in those uh, you know, interactions with Rand Paul, because he does not want to talk about this, and he wants to get it right. off the the, uh, the press. Yeah, you know, people That's really wondered. Deal. People wondered why Trump put Fauci in charge of the whole COVID. You know, what? Why was he the face of COVID? And people like right. you and me were were speculating the entire time that, well, that's a strategy. That's, that's a strategy to put the deep state as the face of this whole big mess and let it all boomerang and blow up in their face later. And that's finally, after the election, you know, this finally what is happening. Now people are really wondering, it's coming out in the mainstream media, why were we doing that gain of function research? Why was the American government giving money to China? Uh, to do this type of research. And the fact that it just so happens to be at the exact epicenter of the start of this uh, this whole epi epidemic uh, is just too coincidental to, to think that it is a coincidence. Um, let's take a look on the screen of the USA Today article about the fact that the CDC all of a sudden not based on any new science that came out, but just so happens at this critical juncture with Fauci being put on the spot, the CDC says, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks indoors anymore. So all the state mandates don't need to be there anymore. And all the corporate, corporate, uh, you know, all the corporations that tend to walk lockstep like Home Depot, Costco, McDonald's, they're dropping their mask mandates. Now they are saying you have to be vaccinated, but I don't think that uh, every McDonald's employee is gonna stop and ask you, do you have your vaccination card with you? I think this is just a, uh, this is just a free pass for anyone to, to have freedom and go to any, any business they want to without a mask now. And that's a big shift because Jim, do you really think that the people who were saying one month ago that we need to wear two to three masks really want this new policy of not wearing any masks at all. So who is in charge of this? Is it the deep state or the White House? Right. Well, this is a thing. I mean, clearly, um, this is an uncoordinated process. And when you look at like uh, the mainstream media and, and especially people like Rachel Maddow, She's reacting like this is a blindside, like she did not see this coming. She was not prepared. And I, and I know Rachel, and 
when they have a story like this, she's prepared and she has her piece and they have their piece and it's all this was the most uncoordinated rollout of a um, decision by the CDC I've ever seen. Now, when you talk about um, asking somebody if they've been vaccinated, that is absolutely against the law. You cannot ask anybody about their personal medical history at all. You absolutely cannot do it in a business setting. So they knew that. So, and they had to have known that if they were to drop the mask mandate, there wasn't anything that anybody was gonna be able to do to um, ensure that people had been vaccinated. So that was dead in the water from the get-go. And, and it was patently obvious for all of us to see. So that right there was a very strong proof that uh, the deep state is losing this battle and that this was um, a bit of a white flag raising uh, operation to say, to broadcast to the world that they um, need to make a big change in how they're doing things and to try to get back control of this narrative, which they are losing rapidly. So for me, in my opinion, and everything I'm seeing, I think this was a, um, you know, a fallback for the deep state and that it, it was pretty solid proof that they uh, that this is not working and that they, they need to come up with something uh, more effective. Uh, and I've yet to see that. Yeah, Trump really allowed the CDC to be the authority. Uh, and, and so now we have to listen to them when they say the masks aren't allowed. So that's an interesting turn of events. Um, how about uh, let's get into the the audit in Arizona and the dominoes that could fall as a result of this forensic audit. Let's uh, show the visual of the dominoes on the screen uh, so that people can get an idea of what I'm talking about. So, you know, we've got this full forensic and, uh, audit in Arizona that's, you know, being wrapped up and then other audits are being rolled out in other states which could lead to more audits. Like in Georgia, they're calling for a full forensic audit. And of course, in PA, where I'm from, uh, we had more uh, votes than we had voters. So I think it's a pretty good place to have an audit as well. And of course, if all of these, uh, if fraud is found in all of these states, then the election's overturned. So um, Jim, let's let's get into this whole uh, audit narrative. And if, if there's something you wanna show on the screen uh, to, to make reference to, uh, we do have the um, the Washington Examiner article about Michigan available. Yeah, I mean, basically, this is sort of a broad stroke that suddenly, and again, I want to bring attention to the coincidental nature of what is happening right now. Suddenly, all these court cases are not only being heard on merit, but they're being decided in favor of the plaintiffs or the white hats who are bringing these suits. There are other suits, of course, that are being brought by Dominion and other uh, uh, Democrats in various states, but it's really the number of suits that are being heard, the number that are being found in favor of the white hats, and the fact that it's all happening suddenly right now. It's like one state after another uh, is is electing to do an audit, and there's no stopping it. There's no injunctions. There's no 
anything that is stopping these audits, audits from going forward. So suddenly it's all of these things that Trump has talked about the entire time is now coming out and uh, all these audits are being agreed to. And they can't survive that. There's no way that they're going to be able to survive the number that we're talking about here and the solidity with which the cases are, are occurring in every one of these states. It's like it's like they all got together and said, okay, now we're going to uh, start doing the cases and we're going to start moving this whole process forward. It's, it's quite jaw-dropping, really, when you look at the volume of court cases and how they're playing out uh, in favor of the White Hat. So again, when you think about how uh, Trump predicted this, he's, you know, they talked about this, you know, incessantly that they're going to bring these cases and they're going to show the American people that this was a fraud and that they can prove it. And now that's happening. And the only difference is that it was a little bit later than people thought. And it came after um, the election, whereas people thought it was going to happen and it was going to save the election. But remember what Trump kept saying, and Q for that matter, people have to be shown. They have to be shown about this corruption. And yeah. this is how they're being shown. And they're seeing Let's it. get the and, uh, and visual on the screen from Praying Medic, uh, because uh, this is exactly what he was saying, that people want the prosecution phase right away. When we bad guy doing bad things, we just want them held accountable as soon as possible. That's our that's our human nature. But it's not always strategic to just uh, do something like that without the full uh, support of the public. And so from Praying Medicare, it says, many people are sick of watching elected officials break the law and not be held accountable. The frustration is understandable. However, we are not yet at the prosecution phase of the operation. We're still in the public information phase. Half the citizen citizenry are still unaware of the nature and depth of public corruption. Uh, so let's take that visual down. You know, the elephant in the room is that the majority of Americans voted for Trump and they know the election was stolen. But then there was that 40% uh, that didn't vote for Trump and they don't know the election was stolen and they need to wake up. And, um, you know, this is not playing well into the deep state's hands because the more they resist these audits, the more they appear to be hiding something. And as Dave says from the X-22 report, it's not really the crime that gets you every time, it's the cover-up. So the more that they try to, you know, panic and scramble to try to, you know, accuse everyone who wants an audit of being a conspiracy theorist and go deleting databases and and uh, breaking into offices in the middle of the night and and threatening different people who are trying to to do these types of audits. Uh, it's those types of things that are just uh, desperation attempts that end up being futile and just end up proving the point more against them. So um, basically, I think we're sitting pretty. I think, uh, you know, these audits are going to show the truth of fraud. And um, that means that probably it's going to have to go to the Supreme Court. Now, is the Supreme Court going to actually do anything about it. We don't know that. They, in the past, they've chosen not to do their jobs. But if, if we 
have a Supreme Court that refuses to do their job, we have a constitutional crisis. And that means the military has justification for intervention. So I feel confident that no matter how this plays out, that what the majority of Americans want, which is just free, fair elections, voter ID, you know, those basic democratic things, it's going to happen. But it just might not happen today or tomorrow. It has to happen according to the plan. Right. And the plan now, now let's talk about moving forward. Look how many Americans are now getting this information, who are now understanding much more clearly how the fraud was done and where it was done and the proof that it was done in terms of these audits. Now, what are we heading into? We're heading into the midterm elections. Now, this information is going out into the public and, and they're starting to move into like, yeah, there really was frauded. And yeah, I don't wanna see that anymore. I don't wanna see whether I'm a Republican or a Democrat, I don't want to see fraud in my election process. I want that gone. Now there's gonna be a hue and cry for elections to be done properly and accurately the first time. So people are not gonna to wanna to hear that you know uh, ballots are gonna be sent out ahead of time. They're not gonna to wanna to hear that ballots don't need to have signatures. They're gonna push back against that, again, even if they're Democrat. That is going to ensure that the upcoming elections are going to be much more fair than they've ever been. And what does that mean? That means that um, Republicans are going to get voted in these midterm elections, which normally happens anyway. When you have one side as president, the midterms almost always guarantee that you're going to see more of the opposition party get voted into the House and the Senate. So that is going to really put some uh, pressure under uh, the Republican candidates uh, getting into office. And that's just the midterms. And then now with a much greater population of, of white hats in offices, then that opens the doors for the 24 election process. So can you see how this has all been set up? Can you see how Everything that's happening is always pushing forward the, the good guys and fairness and openness and, and all of the things that really all good Americans want to see happen. So um, it's really a remarkable outcome and the trend is there and, yet, and we're just watching it roll like a snowball downhill. Yeah, and Biden and Harris, they never really were that popular, but now that they've given the chance to lead, they've fumbled everything. You know, the crisis at the border, mm -hmm. uh, the gas prices, uh, you know, the whole, just everything you can imagine that would kind of symbolize whether they're doing well or not, they've failed. And uh, we can put the billboard on the screen now to, to give an idea of how <laughs> some of the public... See how some of the Joe public feels Joe. about uh, the saddest couple in the world. Um, you know, this just, they're not popular. They're not liked. They're not successful. They're not winning. They're not creating any meaningful change. And there's going to be a big reaction to that in 2022 in the midterms. Um, and it's not just that, though. It's not just a reaction to the Democratic Party. 
it's there's a reaction to the rhinos. You know, there's a reaction to Mitt right. Romney. He's getting booed off a stage. There's a reaction to Liz Cheney. She just lost her GOP uh, conference chair position. Uh, you know, that's all they have. The rhinos, all they had was Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. You know, now that they've lost them and they're out of favor, there is no opposition to Trump. It's yeah. He's all the Republican Party has, and he's vetting every single candidate. And now he's actually coming out and he's saying, I don't want to wait until 2024. We need to take care of what happened in 2020. And he's actually saying it out loud. It's actually going out into the news. And he's being a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more in your face about planting that seed in the public's mind that, hey, there's a possibility Trump could be back before 2024. So yeah. let's see what happens and in 2021 first. Yep, yep. And now we get to have his rallies back. People love those rallies. They're like a homecoming for people. Going to those rallies and getting infused with that optimism and and good news is really a you know a big charge for people and he's going to start doing that again. On top of everything else we've just talked about, we're now going to have rallies in the news every week. And that's just going to really uh, get things rolling. So, um, you know, people are going to be very excited now. And this is all going to start really taking off. Very exciting. So there are going to be thousands and thousands of patriotic Americans exercising their freedom, not wearing a mask, and patriotically celebrating America it's just, it's like uh, the deep state's worst nightmare. You know, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. the way the devil feels when you're just reading the Bible out loud. I mean, they just can't <laughs> stand it when yeah. we're like together, when we're happy, when, when we're uh, a force to be reckoned with, when, when we're exercising our freedom, when we're not, we're not uh, hurting each other into these types of tyrannical schemes like with masks and, and so forth. So um, I think you're right. I think uh, we're really going to feel it right now. It's the calm before the storm, uh, but we're really going to feel that we're winning when you can see those uh, massive celebrations. And that's what's in interesting is they are celebrations. They're not like pity parties. You know, it's actually saying, no. hey, we Right. We are winning. It's that promise of victory. And ever since Trump came out after the election, Trump gave a speech at CPAC and his main message was, we will win. He's promising victory. He is the general that's in charge of this America first movement. And he is promising victory to all Americans. So um, I, for one, have not given up and I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do at the local level with the media and everything I need to do to just keep the dream alive because we cannot go down the other path of tyranny. It's just not an option for America. Nope, you're here at Optimism Radio and that's how it's gonna stay.
That's right. Well, thank you for tuning in to uh, the Sean Morgan Report. It's every 5 p.m. Eastern on Fridays on AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. And we have our great sponsor. Uh, we're going to hear from them in just a second. But down below in the description, you'll get a link for a free consultation. So that's with a PhD economist. He can talk to you about uh, your retirement account and if it's possible to put some of that retirement into silver and gold, physical silver and gold. So let's hear from that sponsor now. Gold is near all-time highs. Has it reached its peak? Did you miss the boat? No, I don't think so. The exploding debt, change in the interest rate cycle, political and economic turmoil have caused the current move in gold. And those things are getting worse. In fact, Citibank projected gold to hit $3,000 an ounce over the next 12 to 18 months. I encourage you to protect and grow your investment portfolio with gold. I trust Dr. Kirk Elliott with Sovereign Advisors. With over 25 years of experience and two PhDs, Kirk Elliott is the best of the best in the industry. Call his office at 720-605-3900 and tell him Sean Morgan sent you, or just click on the link in the description to get that free consultation.